So I'm going to pray briefly first, um, and then we're going to get into it. Uh, and I won't talk too long, um, but if you want to talk to me afterwards, please do, because I could talk for a long time about this. So um, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for bringing us all here. And Lord, I pray that you would help us all to be uh, attuned to your presence, to your voice. Uh, I pray that you would help us uh, to hear what you have to say, not what I have to say. And um, that uh, this church would be able to uh, be inspired by the vision that you have for them. Amen. All right. So, um, this is about the Sacred Urban Spaces Project, or really it's about presence, transformation, and sanctification. Um, so we're going to start off with a verse. Um, Luke 10, 8 and 9. Uh, this is from Jesus sending the disciples out uh, to, to preach. And he said, um, uh, When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you, heal the sick, uh, who are there, and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. So the reason that this, um, the reason that this piqued my interest is because I realized that there's a pattern here. Part of it was actually what we were talking about last week. We talked about healing. We, we prayed for healing. Uh, I looked at a few other times uh, in Matthew and Luke when Jesus uh, is sending the disciples. Uh, he always says, uh, so they went out from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. And uh, that's in Luke. And then in Matthew, uh, as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Uh, and so that's Jesus talking to the disciples. Uh, and then when, Jesus, when it describes what Jesus is doing himself, it says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. And then again, the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. So we're seeing a pattern here. We're seeing that, um, forgive me, I'm just turning on my timer so I don't talk to you guys too long. Um, we're seeing that uh, healing and the gospel of the kingdom go together. All the time as Jesus is preaching the gospel or telling others to preach the gospel, it's connected with healing. And so I was wondering, why is that? What's the connection here? Because we don't talk as much as we should probably about healing and what it is uh, in the church today or in, in, uh, in this denomination. Uh, there are other denominations that are you know, very uh, intense speaking about healing. Um, but for us, it's a little more background. And so I, wanted, I wondered... How can we connect those two ideas, the kingdom of God and healing? And this is sort of what I came up with. Um, God's revealed presence, access to God's presence, leads to healing. You know, when we think about what did Jesus do for us on the cross, we think about the fact that he gave us access to God. We could not become close to God because of our sin. But Jesus gave us access to God. We are able to come into God's presence through the person of Christ and through his sacrifice and resurrection. Uh, and so when we think about uh, what Jesus was doing as he went out, he was going out and being the presence of God in those towns, in Galilee, in uh, 
the area that he was walking through, and people would come into his presence to receive healing because that's what the presence of God does. The presence of God heals. Um, the presence of God heals and transforms. So why does the presence of God heal and transform? Um, I think that we can define healing here as transforming reality so that it matches God's will. Because God's will is never for brokenness and despair and ruin and sadness. That's not God's will. God's will is for the world that he created, the kingdom of God, the, the Eden that he originally planned for. God's will is not for... Um, I guess an example would be uh, if I am... God's will is that I would be joyful. And so if I am depressed and despairing in my heart, that's not God's will. And so healing is really just changing reality so that it matches God's will. It's moving me from, uh, from despair to joy, not because of any you know, internal thing of you know, despair is bad and joy is good. It is, but it's really that external frame of joy is God's will and despair is not. And so moving me into joy is moving me closer to God's will. And what is God's will? Well, God's will is... Uh, a very, uh, pretty much the same thing as saying the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the place, is everywhere where God's will is done. Just like the kingdom of Andre is everywhere where Andre's will is done. Which is some of my house sometimes when Nora feels like listening. You know, it's like, <laughs> like there's some things that I can affect, you know, uh, and, you know, any king, their kingdom extends as far as their will extends. As If you're, you know, a king in the Middle Ages, and a group of peasants start not listening to you, that's not your kingdom anymore, and then you usually send soldiers and make it your kingdom again. You know, this, that's what kingdom means. We, we get kind of confused what does kingdom of God mean, probably because we don't have kings as much uh, in America here today, but that's all it means. The kingdom is where your will extends. So the kingdom of God is everywhere that God's will is done. So therefore, what we're thinking about is that God's presence, God's revealed presence heals us, heals reality by moving it towards God's will, moving it into the kingdom of God. Another word for that, uh, which we usually use when we're talking very internally about what's happening in our hearts, is sanctification. When we are sanctified, we are, move, we are being healed and transformed by the presence of God into uh, what God has created us to be. So that's the real thing uh, here that I want, really want to talk about. When we understand this concept, we have to remember, we assume too easily that God's healing and transforming work is confined to our spiritual condition, whether or not we're going to heaven, or maybe confined to our emotional life. Is he going to make me happy and joyful? Um, but we have to remember that God's will was revealed to us in Genesis 1.1, uh, in Eden, God's will is a perfect people in a perfect world in perfect communion with him. That's, that's God's plan. He never gave up on that plan. When Adam and Eve sinned, he didn't say, oh, shucks, I guess I'll have to come up with something else. That's still the plan. <laughs> and uh, the kingdom of God is everywhere that reality is moving towards that plan. 
by the work of Christ and by the work of the church, which is the body of Christ. This is the other thing that we need to start thinking about. Um, you know, we talked about it in this song, being unified. Being unified with each other as the body of Christ, being unified with God, be, uh, unified with Christ, um, we need to understand that in some mystical way, incarnation happens through us in our day-to-day lives. It's not, we're not just related to God or associated with God. We are able to bring the presence of God into the spaces that we inhabit, into other people's lives, because we are the body of Christ, uh, and he is our head. And so God is sanctifying reality through Christ. God is sanctifying you, but it doesn't stop at your heart. It doesn't stop at your skin. It's everywhere. God is sanctifying all of reality through the work of Christ. Um, So how should we, as the body of Christ reveal God's presence in the places that we inhabit. If we, if we are the, God, the body of Christ and we are bringing God's presence, or not bringing, sorry, we are revealing God's presence. God is everywhere, right? He's omnipresent. Um, but we are uh, helping to reveal and helping to show the access that people have through Christ to God's presence. Uh, how do we participate in the healing transformation, sanctification of those spaces. This is the, the line I'm trying to draw. I'm going to say this over and over again so you guys are going to have to get used to it. But this is the line we're drawing from presence to healing to transformation to sanctification. That's, that's the process that we're talking about. So what is the Sacred Urban Spaces Project? You know, why, why am I talking about uh, urban planning and, you know, do, you know, how our city looks, how does that relate to the kingdom of God? Um, so God kind of gave me this vision for Rochester, and I've always, I've always loved Rochester, I've always loved being here, um, and I think that, uh, I think that God has been preparing me for a long time for this. You know, when I was growing up, I remember as I was being homeschooled, my mom would drive us around and she would talk about, you know, the, uh, which houses were historically accurate and which ones had gotten vinyl siding and were no longer, <laughs> you know, and uh, she, we'd, we would uh, talk about, you know, the way that building the highways through different neighborhoods affected different things. And, and I started to understand what, it, what a city is, what a city means. Uh, and then as I got older, I wanted to improve this city, but I didn't want it to be separate from the work of the kingdom. I don't want to have two lives where over here I'm going to do the God stuff and over here I'm going to do the work stuff. I'm not interested in that. I'll get probably frustrated in both of those places if I'm doing that. And so I'm trying to figure out how do these things go together. And I started having these dreams over and over again where I would be walking through this neighborhood in Rochester that was beautiful. And I would say, wow, this is such a beautiful neighborhood. How did I not know this was here? You know, what street is this off of? This is so cool. And then in every dream I would rise up over the city, and I would see the whole city, and I would say, wow, this whole city is beautiful and amazing. There's all sorts of cool stuff here I didn't realize. Uh, and then I would wake up, and I would say, that's not a real neighborhood. I, I, I'm familiar with the neighborhoods in Rochester. That one that I was dreaming of did not, does not exist. Uh, and so I had these dreams over and over and over, and I thought, you know what? Maybe I should figure out how to make some of those neighborhoods, because uh, it seems like God is trying to tell me something. And so I've been, you know, thinking and praying about this, and um, I, 
I'm trying to start a nonprofit now um, called the Sacred Urban Spaces Project. And this is our vision statement here. The Rochester region is a sacred urban space sanctified by God's presence in its physical, social, and spiritual environment, as evidenced by healing in people's relationships with each other, with nature, and with God. So there's a lot of stuff in there, and it took me a long time to write, and it's a little complicated, but uh, you can still see that basic line that I'm drawing here, right? We're talking about God's presence, and not just God's presence in the spiritual sense, because I think that um, we think of that a little too narrowly. We need to make sure that God's presence is revealed in the physical space, in the social connections, and in the spiritual environment. And then that will create healing. And the healing that we're specifically talking about for this project is healing of people's relationships with each other, with nature, and with God. Um, because I think those are three of the most broken things that we can easily think about. You know, there are so many broken things, but, but in order to give us some sort of framework to work on, that's what we're using. And so that's the vision statement. Now, I believe that God is calling this church to be a part of that vision. And I don't just believe that God is calling this church to be a part of that vision. I believe God is calling you to be a part of that vision. Like, you specifically. I don't have enough fingers. You. All of you. You know? Um... I think that he is calling you, I think that you have a role in this neighborhood um, or in the spaces that you inhabit. Uh, and I think that we as a church have a role in this specific neighborhood. Uh, and I think that he's calling us to be the body of Christ and that his slash our presence, right, that kind of confusing mystical thing, would heal, transform, sanctify the spaces and people in this neighborhood. Um, and so, uh, how, do we, how do we think about that? You know, how, what does that even look like in practice? And now, just by the way, I want to just say, if I, I'm saying to you, I think God is calling you specifically. If you're saying to yourself, I don't think God is calling me specifically. Just keep an open mind, keep an open heart, um, we're going to talk about what this might look like, um, and there's lots of different ways it could, it could be. Um, but if you are thinking the opposite, if you're saying, yes, God is calling me specifically, come talk to me afterwards, because we need to, <laughs> we need to start getting this moving, and we need to start making plans and stuff like that. Um, but either way, I really want you to, uh, to listen close. Um, so what can we do? What does this look like in practice? Um, I had initially labeled these as like step one, step two, step three, but these are all happening at the same time. So don't think about these as step one, step two, step three. But one thing we should be doing is we should be sanctifying the space within us. You, yourself, you. I know I was, I'm talking about trying to get exterior, but let's zoom back in here. You need to be sanctified by the transforming, healing presence of God who you can now access through Jesus Christ, okay? You in yourself, in, in this, this temple, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst, okay? You need to be sanctified through the healing presence of God, and uh, if that process hasn't started for you yet, I want you to go talk to Pastor Scott, because <laughs> he would love to be able to work with you on that. Um, but... 
you know, in all this talk about getting out into the neighborhood and stuff like that, let's not forget that if you are, no matter what you're doing out in the neighborhood, all the great work you're doing, if you aren't being sanctified internally in, your, in this temple uh, by the presence of God, then all of that is, uh, is not going to be empowered. All of that's not going to uh, have the foundation that it needs. We need to have a strong foundation of a process of sanctification, and that's what allows us to go out. Now, don't think that this means, oh, I have to be perfect before I go out. It's a process. You have to have begun that process. You have to be willing to continue that process, but you don't have to, no, none of us here are going to finish that process anytime soon. I mean, if you are, come talk to me too, because I'd really like to hear that. But, um, but yeah, so we need to figure out about uh, the space within us becoming sanctified. The other thing we need to do is we need to think about sanctifying the space beside us. Uh, how, we have to ask ourselves how the physical, social, and spiritual sp- spaces in our homes and in our families can reveal God's presence. This is kind of like um, uh, transforming the kingdom of you into the kingdom of God is essentially what it is. I, you know, like I said, I, I joked about the kingdom of Andre. I don't really want there to be a kingdom of Andre. I want there to be a kingdom of God right next to me in my home, you know? Um, and Mabel is my, uh, my example for this. I could talk all, all the whole sermon about how great Mabel is. But we, so we've been working, uh, she's been working on trying to make the, the social spaces, the interactions in our family, how do those reveal the presence of God? How do we make sure that the way that we interact with our children, the way that we interact with each other is a, a sanctified space by uh, bringing in the presence of God? How do we make sure also that the physical spaces, you know, she, she, re- she reorders every room in the house probably, uh, you know, once a month. She just re- rearranges things, making sure that uh, it's, it's uh, set up in a way that it is encouraging to people, that it uh, is peaceful, uh, and not just inside the house, but we've been working on our front yard. We planted blueberry bushes. We, she's, uh, we put up a, a porch swing so we can sit out and be with the neighbors. She sits out almost all day, any day it's warm. Her and the girls are out in the front yard playing. Uh, the neighbors come up and talk to her. She prays for them every time you know, they, she, they argue across the street and stuff, and she sits and she prays. Uh, she is being the presence of God uh, to sanctify the physical, social, and spiritual space in our property line. Um, and we're, she's really doing work to take the kingdom of Mabel and change it into the kingdom of God. And, uh, but I don't want I can't, like I said, I can talk for a long time about that. But that's really the point, is that we need to think about those spaces that we kind of have under our control, and how can we make those uh, reveal Christ? Um, but then we need to think about how do we sanctify the space around us? You know, we need to create and execute a plan to participate with God in sanctifying the physical, social, and spiritual space of this neighborhood. Uh, and I think we need a plan because we have begun, but we, don't have, we need to have a goal. We need to have a way to measure what we're doing. Um, we can't just you know, go out once in a while and try something. We need to have something to come back to and say, is this working? Are we following through? Um, and so I think we need, really need a plan in order to do that. But we have already begun on uh, many of these things. Um, when you think about uh, physical space, uh, we've done the capital campaign. 
You know, if you go downstairs and you see the children's room, it looks great. They've really improved that physical space in order to care for the children there and to show them, the, you know, the revealed presence of God. We've done the mural on the side of the building. That's a way to reveal the presence of God to the neighborhood, to everyone who comes by. Uh, we've done, uh, or we are planning on doing a pergola. This is a great drawing that Camila did for us. Um, and, you know, we still have more to think about there, uh, more planning to do and stuff like that. But um, to create a space that the, the neighborhood can be a part of that is right in front of the church, uh, you know, so that uh, it can begin to move them into the sacred space inside this church as well. Uh, and also... You know, we've done things like trash pickups, where we go around, we've done those at the same time as prayer walks. We walk around, we pick up uh, garbage in the area. And if uh, you would like to help with something like that, actually, next week on May 11th, uh, there is going to be the citywide clean sweep, um, and we're going to be partnering with the 5th Street uh, something, 5th Street Block Club. Uh, We're going to be partnering with the 5th Street Block Club, which is right down Union up here. Um, And so if you want to get involved in that, please come talk to somebody so that we can uh, give you all the details to sign up. Um, but what more could we do? We could do so much more to improve the physical space in this neighborhood in order to reveal the presence of God. Uh, even something like, uh, what if we started rehabbing some of these houses? What if we worked with Flower City uh, Work Camp every year uh, and made sure that we took a whole block in our neighborhood and we signed up all those people in that block for Flower City Work Camp and we all volunteered to go help out like, we could really make a huge change in the neighborhood if we could do some things like that, if we had a plan and we had intention. Um, what about social space? Well, we've done things like we do, uh, almost every year, every couple of years, we do a free market event where we have a big uh, giveaway and people come by and it's like a free garage sale and we uh, make hot dogs for people. And that's a way to connect people in the community to each other. Uh, we've tried to... Um, connect people in the community to each other through free concerts as well. We had Mr. and Mrs. Something. I didn't forget the name. That's the name of the band, Mr. and Mrs. Something. Um, uh, We had them play uh, outside uh, last year in the summer, and it was really nice. Um, But what else could we do to connect this community to each other um, and to heal those connections? Could we have community potlucks at the church where we have people come in from the neighborhood and and eat together? These are just ideas that I'm throwing out. What I want to hear is your ideas. Um, so uh, please come talk to me afterwards uh, because we're going to be developing a plan. Um, but what about spiritual space? You know, we've done prayer walks to improve the spiritual space uh, around here. We've done worship in the parking lot. You know, uh, we, I think we've done a couple times a year um, for a few years now. Um, and, you know, at one of the free market events, we did a prayer booth where anyone could come by and sit down and they would get prayer. Just, you know, had a sign that said free prayer, um, which I don't think anyone ever charges for prayer, hopefully. But... Um, but, you know, so we've done things to try to care for the spiritual space in the neighborhood. But again, very close to this building. What if we had a public space Bible study? What if we had Bible study uh, on the lawn of Memorial Art Gallery or at the public market or, uh, you know, just walking down university? What if we uh, went out and got into the space and started caring for that physical space uh, or for that spiritual space? So these are the things that we can talk about, think about how can we do that Because if we do that, we will be growing the kingdom of God. We will be healing the the people and places around us and allowing them to come more in alignment. And maybe we would also have people show up here on Sunday morning and maybe those people um, would uh, add to our little number at the end of the year for how many people were uh, baptized or converted. But 
the point is to go out and bring the, the kingdom of God to them, you know, and hopefully uh, uh, to connect them back to God. Uh, and if it doesn't result in more people sitting here, that's fine. That's not what it's about. It's about connecting people to God. So again, drawing a line here. God's presence uh, leads to healing and transformation, leads to the kingdom of God, the sanctification of reality. This is true in your heart, in your home, in your relationships, in your neighborhood, in the world. This applies all uh, at every level uh, that we're talking about here. So God is calling you to be his body, to reveal his presence so that healing can lead to sanctification and the kingdom of God can grow. So are you willing to do your part? I think you have the power. God has empowered you to do this. You just have to be willing to take the step forward. Let me pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for giving me a chance to speak to these people. Thank you for uh, what you've revealed to us of your will. Lord, I pray that you would help us to hold on, uh, hold on to hope, hold on to trust, even when it seems big or complicated or, or intimidating, that you would help us to recognize that uh, your presence is bigger than us, even if we carry it with us, Lord. Lord, your presence has the power to heal. Lord, I pray that everyone here would experience that healing for themselves so that they can bring it out to those around. In your name I pray.